Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Barry Flavin. Thanks for being on the show, Barry. Hey, Whitney. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on the show. A little about Barry. He started working in ERP software sales for about five years after graduating from Western Michigan University before transitioning into air traffic control, where he started investing in real estate. He purchased first 18 single-family rentals in 17 months. I mean, that's getting with it, Barry, <laughs> right? That, that's a bunch. But grew that portfolio to 21 single-family rentals before teaming up with a good friend and mentor, Josh Sterling, who we've also had on the show a couple times, great guy, to create new mission capital and transition into multifamily investing. New mission capital specializes in acquiring medium to large size class B apartment complexes. Barry, thank you again for your time. Appreciate you very much uh, you know, being on the show. Tell us a little more about maybe new mission capital. And I'd love to jump into just your all's partnership a little bit, how that happened. And even the transition from single, just the mindset transition from single family to multifamily. And let's dive in then to your superpower, you know, and your main role in this business. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a, a big jump, making a jump from single family to multifamily. So I got my start. I met my good friend, Josh Sterling, about 10 years ago. We both started working at Detroit Metro Airport together, air traffic controllers. And Josh was just kind of getting started, buying a handful of houses and doing a lot of the work himself, fixing them up. And over the years, I watched him just slow and steady grow and build this portfolio. And then he started his property management company. And for people that haven't heard maybe one of his episodes, Josh is, he shines when it comes to property management, just extremely detail-oriented processes, procedures, and is still to this day constantly trying to get better. He's creating new software programs, stuff that might not be necessarily out of the box. He's going out and having these custom pieces of software built. And so about four years ago, I, I had finally uh, acquired enough funds. I felt from buying, fixing up and selling a few of my own personal residences. And I went to Josh and I said, Hey, Josh, I see what you're doing, but I, I've never really sat down and took the time to pick his brain and get into the very specific details. How do we underwrite a deal? How do we look for a deal in the first place? How do we make this a repeatable thing? And I always thought, you know, if I could get five or 10 houses, that'd be great. I'd be set. So me and Josh sat down one day and we, we penciled all out in one of his conference rooms at his office. And away we went, we started acquiring houses. We bought our first few real quick and we just got addicted. Just, Hey, there's another deal. There's another deal. This was in 2016. So still was able to catch kind of the uphill uh, swing of the uh, housing market crash. And we just went nuts for two years or so, got up to 21 single family homes. And me and Josh, one day we're, we're discussing, he's pushing me to go to the next level and say, hey, why don't you get into multifamily? And I joked to him, I said, well, you're buying everything in the market that I'm looking at. And he had already had a number of good relationships with brokers. So Josh is able to benefit from first looks, which still benefits us to this day. And 
I pushed back on him a little bit. I said, Hey, why don't you start buying bigger stuff so I can maybe buy some of the stuff that is a little bit smaller that might kind of fall off the table here. After going back and forth, we talked and he says, you know what? He says, you know what? He goes, you seem to have a network of guys that you could go to and continue to grow that network and raise capital. And he said, he goes, you know what? That's not my strong suit and that's not my passion. And I looked back at him and I said, you know what? You already have the property management piece figured out and that's what you shine at. So we put our heads together and said, hey, new mission capital. Let's go. Let's see if we can uh, start going after some bigger deals and raising some bigger money. I think it's great hearing some partnership stories often because I know so many of the listeners are looking for that partner, right? They're looking for that person. And, you know, there's so many things to consider there. We've talked about numerous times, but, you know, just the trust factor alone, it sounds like you all already knew each other, you know, a long time before this, which was a great benefit, right? Yeah. You know, and then it sounded like, you know, you all just had immediate complementary skills, you know, and I just think that I've seen so many teams created that then immediately, I mean, it's like they just blast off, like they've maybe had some success, but then it's like they join forces and it's like, then it's just, you know, within the next year, they've done double what they've ever done, you know? And it sounds like that's what, you know, you all are working on as well. And, you know, with your skills and he already had this property management stuff over here figured out and is doing extremely well at it, but hard to scale. Right. There's a piece there he was missing, and that's what you brought to the table. Um, exactly. We were able to really start to scale the operation much quicker than we had been for myself. It's a grind to get that many houses and rehab them and go to the bank, and it's just a lot of moving parts. And when we started to go after bigger deals and raise capital, we were able to, uh, our first deal we got under contract was a 144 unit deal. I remember the day Josh called me and said, Hey, that Park Flores deal we've been chasing, uh, we got it. And we both kind of looked at each other and we skipped the excited phase. And we thought, oh man, here we go. We got to put our money where our mouth is. And we, it just kind of forced both of us to push ourselves to the next level. And we closed 144 and not too long after an 80 unit deal in Toledo followed. And so I was able to really scale my business and uh, both of our businesses. So Nice. I know that feeling. It's like, we got it, but oh, we got it. You know, <laughs> oh, man, now we got to perform. <laughs> That's right. It's time to get to work, right? No doubt about it. But, you know, I really want to dive into just your specialty now, you know, just hone in a little bit because uh, I feel like that's how a lot of times we provide the best value to the listeners, just diving in a little bit. So, you know, what, you know, your specialty, I know we talked about a little bit, but let's jump in. Maybe elaborate a little bit on what you do exactly for New Mission Capital and let's jump in on how you do it. Yeah, so my main focus is investor relations. So I am on a daily basis in communication with our current investors, networking to find new investors, keeping them updated on current projects that we already have acquired and we're running and just monthly updates, quarterly updates, networking with those people to see if they have anybody they can refer to us. Uh, and yeah, obviously, once we do get uh, a new project under contract, is putting packages together to outline what the deal looks like the whole period. Are we going to do a refi after three years, six years, the whole strategy behind it all? And, and obviously, me and Josh are talking about all these things in the background together, but I'm able to take that off of his plate. He's able to focus on uh, running the portfolio well and maximizing the returns for the investors. And I'm able to go out and kind of just take care of that just day-to-day -day constant communication that's required from the investors. 
Nice. Okay. So, you know, tell me what was it? I know you talked about how, you know, you all partnered, you've done a few deals and it allowed you and him to both grow your businesses and or your business. And, you know, what was it that really helped you to grow fast during that time? So what really allowed me to grow even faster was that I was able to kind of hit the fast forward button on the process where where it made sense to team up with Josh, he had already been doing this for several years. He had a few really good relationships with brokers and already had the property management piece figured out. So I was able to accelerate that way here. Josh is already going to help bring some deals to the table. We're both out there turning over rocks. But uh, biggest thing for me is probably got over that hurdle of kind of the validity, like what, I mean, everybody's always worried about, is a broker even going to talk to me? Am I going to be able to get financing on this? Am I going to have to bring in some key sponsors to get these things done? And I was able to kind of pull a lot of those pieces together by teaming up with Josh right out of the gates. Hmm. And what about just being able to say, focus on this part of the business, like all of a sudden, you know, you're used to doing all those single families and, you know, I mean, that's a lot of management right there, right? That's a full-time job. But now you're not having to do any of that management stuff. You know, you're not having to think about that. You can just really focus over here. You know, you think that was a played a role in that as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It allowed me to put a hundred percent focus into meeting with investors, talking with investors, building lists, getting organized, just you go to have coffee with somebody or a lunch, a dinner. I mean, it's not a quick five minute conversation. Some of those meetings can be, they can be quick. They can be five, 10 minutes. Some people they Barry, sounds good. Trust you guys. Keep doing a good job. Let me know when you need the money. But when you're bringing some newer folks on board, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, they gotta, you got to start to build those relationships, that trust level. They're going to want to hear about other projects you've done in the past. Guys, give me some real world examples. Give me some things you've done well, things you've done poorly, so on. So you mentioned there like getting organized. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, right? You know, I've worked hard myself, like whether it's files on my computer or my desk or just my day, you know, the tasks I'm completing, you know, trying to get organized. What did that look like for you? Or, you know, how did that change, you know, from being unorganized to, you know, what were some priority things that you had to organize to push forward? Yes, we're still working on it, still trying to get better at getting organized, uh, building lists in our CRM system. We use IMS to help us uh, just build the projects in there for just what do these returns look like, giving investors the dashboard login so they can get in and see the project, see their investments. They can see multiple investments if they have more than one project with us. Getting organized CRM systems. When's the last time we talked to these folks? How often are we talking? What type of information are we putting out to them? Not everybody might need to see that same information where if we're giving a mid-quarter update to investors, that's obviously going to go to a much smaller pool of people versus if we're going to send out a big newsletter to just say, hey, guys, here's what we've been up to lately. We're getting organized using these tools and here's a new project on the way, stuff like that. Nice. So is IMS your main CRM? Do you do everything inside that platform? Yes, we're doing everything inside of uh, IMS right now. I okay. just got bought real page now, I think is their name shift. Right. That's right. And so what about you mentioned like knowing when you talk to the investor last? Why is that important and what do you do, you know, when you know however long you've talked to them last? You want to be able to reach out to folks and not you don't want every time you reach out to them to say, Hey, I need some money. I mean 
you want to reach out to these folks just to keep them updated say hey guys here's what we're doing giving them i don't know maybe some information as far as hey this is how this project's going forward it's on schedule as planned or guys here's where we're missing the boat uh for example one of our projects we didn't quite build in as much room for advertising as we thought we initially needed so we've taken that into account but future projects that's definitely accounted for a little bit more now so it's still a balancing act as far as how much you don't want to drown them in a, a bunch of information where when your email does hit the inbox or your call does come in it's just straight to the trash can or we're going to send him to voicemail so would you say that or how would you say that your previous experience in real estate has helped now working with investors I think the biggest thing that had maybe helped me is even before real estate was in my sales career, getting out of college, I was doing ERP software sales, enterprise resource plans. So we're selling these big software systems. And I was tasked with a lot of the things that I'm doing today, where again, you had to have lists, you, it forced you to, you had to pick up the phone, you had to talk to people and you had to schedule meetings and you had to get out and talk to people face to face. So that was really, I think I, at the time I dreaded it when I got out of college, it's like, oh man, you're, these young guys, uh, they don't want to talk to me. They're going to look at me like I don't know anything, but it did really help me in the long run here. It's like able to pick up the phone, talk to people, go to meetings. You think there were some skills there that you were taught, or do you think it was ultimately just forcing you to get out there and talk to people? I mean, that simple almost, get out there and practice talking to people. So you, yeah, you can pass yeah, that to yeah, a little bit of both. It forced you to get out there and you had no other options but to just do it. How are you connecting with investors now? Like finding, like making new connections? New connections. Uh, a lot of our uh, investor connections have really been through just word of mouth referrals. Every now and then we do have somebody reach out to us that just kind of comes from outside of the circle that we have never met. And there's not much of a connection there other than maybe just a, a name recognition they saw you on a, the Whitney Sewell show or something like that. So most of our investors are kind of a, still kind of a tight circle. So they're not too far removed from, hey, you know what? We know John and John introduced us to Mike and Mike introduced us to a couple of people as well. So Nice. And so how do you and say Josh communicate about properties so you can inform investors well? Yeah. When we're doing quarterly updates on existing projects, we, a lot of times we'll schedule either a call or a sit down, Hey, let's go get coffee. And we'll really dive into the weeds. And, and in the background, Josh is having weekly KPI meetings with all the staff in the office. And that's, I trust Josh. That's what he's best mm -hmm. at. That's we're going to let him run with that. But I don't need to know every time we replace a door sure. or Hey, the, pool liner had a crack in it somewhere. But uh, when it comes down to the bigger picture, yeah, we definitely, we sit down, communicate about all those things so that, because I run into a lot of our investors regularly. If it's out for a round of golf or see some of these people around town and just always quickly, hey, how's it going over there? And it's nice to be like, hey guys, you know, we had a boiler go out. We're not excited about it, but yeah, that's what happens. So right. just, yeah, investors definitely want to know that you're in the know, right? <laughs> about their investment. So what about just some other ways are, are that maybe the, you all are standing out with investors right now? You're, I mean, something that maybe you're trying to do that maybe you don't see other operators doing. I don't, I mean, maybe one thing that we're doing that I don't know if everybody else is doing, our kind of our long-term model for our business is when 
we structure a deal. We're trying to structure it so that we're typically going to be a 70-30 split for the general partners and the limited partners. So 70% of that going to the limited partners. And we're typically targeting properties that we're going to hold long-term. We're underwriting on current actuals today, and we're targeting properties that are going to cash flow right away. And we're going to be targeting refinances. I mean, each one's different, but three, six, 10 years, whatever that number is. And when we do a refinance, everybody still retains their same level of ownership that they initially invested with us as. So in a perfect world, if six years, seven years down the road, we can do a refinance, we return a large portion of capital to the investors, and they still own their same share of that building. I don't see why they wouldn't turn around. And if we've done a good job, they said, hey, guys, go find me another project. I need to get this money back to work. So that's kind of our long-term strategy. And I've seen many deals structured different ways where uh, some guys will start out with very little equity on the GP side. But as those refinances come down the road, they might claw some of that back. So, And that's nothing wrong with that. Just a little bit different than how we typically take, try to sure. structure these. So what's a way that you all have recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Hmm. On the property management side, now this is getting really detailed. Josh and the Epic property management team have gone and automated a lot of the different spreadsheets and standalone systems. We use Buildium as the main piece of the puzzle there for property management, but simple things like where's a lockbox? Uh, where's a heater? He's automated a lot of those things. He hired a third-party software company to come in and build that program. And it's a year, year and a half in the making now. And now that is potentially going to be bolted on to maybe the bigger system. Who knows? I might be getting ahead of ourselves here. But that has really allowed the property management folks to have a quick snapshot. There's a big couple of monitors up in the office and everybody has a GPS tracker on the vehicle. All the maintenance guys, listing agents, they all have company vehicles. So you can see real time, where is Cody? Cody's at this job and they all have iPads in the field. So it's all real time live updated. So that's really helped to gain a lot of efficiency there. Nice. I'd say for other folks to apply that is just get organized processes, procedures. Nothing's really super complicated about the business. It's just being disciplined, I would say. Hmm. Love that. Being disciplined. And I like to say, you know, it's about those small things, the small changes you make in yourself, but on a very consistent basis, you know, that add up to very big things and being disciplined. That's awesome. You know, so tell me what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I just try to be consistent just in everything I do. So you tell somebody you're going to do something, show up, be there on time, do what you said you were going to do when you said you were going to do it and how you said you were going to do it kind of a model. And how do you like to give back? You know, that's one of my main kind of drives here with this business is to, I don't give back enough. And I'm looking forward to getting to the point where I can have some more time to give back. And I guess in the short term, right now, a lot of people have helped give me advice and guidance and mentorship along the way. And there's a handful of folks that have reached out to me and I'm trying to do the same with them. So I not promise I can be anybody's full-time mentor, but always willing to, to help with anybody I can anyway. Nice. 
very grateful for your time. Grateful for just talking through the partnership stuff and how just the benefit of partnering with somebody that has, you know, skills that maybe you don't have, or, or maybe are they're better at that and you're better at this and being able to just focus makes such a big difference, you know, and how that's helped you all. But then also just getting into your all's investor relations systems a little bit. I appreciate that. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, they can get in touch with me directly at Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, at newmissioncapital.com. And you can also find us on our website, just newmissioncapital.com. Awesome, Barry. That's a wrap. Thank you very much. Thanks, Whitney. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.